What is up, everybody? It is JT Sports. I'm back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Before we get into it, make sure that if you guys haven't already, if you guys are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, that you go ahead and leave a five-star review on the podcast. really helps out a lot. Also, share this podcast with your friends, family, acquaintances, co-workers. Help spread the word of JT Sports. Also, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, JT Sports, and follow me on my social media pages. That's JT Sports underscore, which is my Twitter handle and my Instagram username as well. Now, we have a really loaded episode. I'm going to be previewing the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback position, the Ravens halfback position, and the wide receiver position for the Cincinnati Bengals, and also... I'm going to be telling you guys why the Los Angeles Rams are legit Super Bowl contenders for this upcoming 2021 NFL season. So let's start off talking about the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the 2021 quarterback preview for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers... We already know that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh this year. Now, if you are a Steelers fan like me, this is the time of the offseason where everybody starts to do their record predictions and they try to determine who's going to end up making it to the playoffs or not. If you're a Steelers fan, don't listen to the offseason predictions if you don't have thick skin because like last year, there are a lot of people who are once again doubting the Pittsburgh Steelers. There are a lot of people who are saying that the Steelers will not make it to the playoffs because of Ben Roethlisberger. Now, if you are a Steelers fan, if you watched all of the Steelers games, you guys would know that Ben Roethlisberger was not the reason for the Steelers the Steelers struggles on offense as a lot of people make it out to be. Okay, yeah, Big Ben had his fair share of struggles. He had some bad interceptions, especially in that wild card loss against the Cleveland Browns last year, but he wasn't a problem. As a matter of fact, Ben Roethlisberger is coming off his best most efficient season of his whole entire career. Last year, he completed 65% of his passes for 3,803 pass yards, 33 touchdowns, and 10 picks. 2020 was the most efficient season Big Ben ever had in all his years playing in the NFL. Now, yes, he did have some turnover issues at times, like against the Browns, and then remember that Bengals game, which was one of the biggest upsets of the season. Like, he had some really lackluster performances, but he carried the Steelers offense and at 39 years old your quarterback should not be carrying your team and Rodgers wasn't carrying Green Bay's offense they had a run game Tom Brady didn't have to carry Tim Bay's offense last season Drew Brees didn't have to carry the Saints offense last year so when you're asking a 39 year old quarterback to carry the offense the offense that had no run game and off the line that was depleted by injuries on top of that, you had really bad play calling from then at the time offensive coordinator Randy Fickner. Ben Rosberger really had to carry the Steelers offense. Now, again, like I said, Ben Rosberger did have some bad performances, but he definitely is not going to be the reason why the Steelers missed the playoffs this year, if the Steelers even missed the playoffs this season. And I'm kind of annoyed that a lot of people keep making Big Ben the problem. The guy led the NFL in passing attempts per game. He nearly was throwing 50 times a game at 39 years old with no run game. And I find it odd that people make it seem like Big Ben is the reason for the Steelers wide receivers dropping 44 passes and 7 touchdowns that were dropped last year 
How is Big Ben responsible for wide receivers dropping 44 passes and seven touchdowns? I don't know. I guess they expect Big Ben to be the pass catch champion, I guess. But I, I'm just really annoyed with the overall perception about Ben Roethlisberger being washed up and he's going to hold the Steelers back from making it to the playoffs like I really don't understand it and it's not true that narrative is so false but if you are a Steelers fan, you have to annoy it. You you guys know what's going to happen. You guys know people are going to have the Steelers missing the playoffs. They're going to blame it all on Big Ben. Steelers are going to come out. They have the toughest schedule in the NFL. It's not going to mean anything because the Steelers are still going to win at least 10 games. Like, Steelers fans are some of the best fans in the NFL. We're one of the best top three fan bases in all of football. Not because we, you know, are diehard supporters of this team, but also because... We're one of the most realistic fan bases in the NFL. Like last year, everybody was saying the Steelers were overrated. Big Ben was going to hold back the Steelers again. And what happened? The Steelers went to the playoffs. Like, we are realistic fans. The Steelers aren't expecting Big Ben to have an MVP caliber season. We're just expecting Big Ben to be good enough to get the Steelers to the playoffs. And that's all he really needs to do because he has a really good team. Now, aside from the QB1... We got to talk about who's going to end up being the second quarterback on their roster because the backup quarterback position is going to be a main position to watch during training camp and preseason. We have three quarterbacks who are going to be competing for this spot. Mason Rudolph, Joshua Dobbs, and Dwayne Haskins. Let's talk about Mason Rudolph. Now, the overall consensus out there is that Mason Rudolph, as of right now, is the backup quarterback. Prior to training camp. Now, the time I'm recording this is currently May 29th, so there's still a lot to be determined. But based on OTA reports and whatnot, Mason Rudolph probably is still going to be the backup quarterback heading into training camp. Now, Mason Rudolph had a pretty good Week 17 performance against the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns team that, by the way, was playing for a spot in the playoffs and did play all of their starters. He completed 22 of 39 of his passes for 56% completion percentage. He also threw for 315 pass yards, had two touchdowns in the interception. So he played really nice in that Week 17 performance. He definitely improved a lot over the course of last season and 2019 now mason rudolph i'm still not really sold on mason rudolph i still need to see a lot more out of him during this preseason throughout training camp but if you had to put some money down on right now who i think probably would be the quarterback two heading into training camp it probably would be mason rudolph i have more confidence in mason rudolph than i have the other two quarterbacks that we're about to talk about starting with joshua dobbs now joshua dobbs Pittsburgh traded him away to Jacksonville. Jacksonville got rid of him. He ends up being back on the Steelers roster. Now, there are about 15% of the Steelers fan base, I would say, that are really high on Joshua Dobbs. When I did my Dwayne Haskins versus Mason Rudolph video a couple of months ago, a lot of you guys, well, a good amount of you guys said, don't sleep on Joshua Dobbs. You guys like what Joshua Dobbs brings to the quarterback position for Pittsburgh because unlike Ben Rosberger, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins, Joshua Dobbs actually has some mobility in his game. He actually has the ability to run the football at a pretty good level. And I love Joshua Dobbs. He's probably my favorite quarterback on this roster. I've been a fan of Joshua Dobbs ever since his college days at the University of Tennessee. Now, 
I believe that Joshua Dobbs still has a lot of work when it comes to his ability to be a consistent thrower of the football, which we're going to be able to see more of that as we progress throughout this offseason. But I can understand why people view Joshua Dobbs as a dark horse when it comes to being able to win that backup quarterback position. But the reason why I don't have a lot of confidence in Joshua Dobbs being in the mix for the second quarterback spot is because he already got beat out by Mason Rudolph once. Now, I'm not saying he can't you know beat out Mason Rudolph this go around but if he already got beat out by Mason Rudolph once I think there's a strong chance that he probably could end up getting beat out by Mason Rudolph again like I said things could change but I still think that Mason Rudolph as of right now is a pretty better quarterback than Joshua Dobbs up to this point now Joshua Dobbs does bring you some mobility which I'm going to be eager to see if the new offensive coordinator and Matt Kando is going to be able to find some kind of sets to get Joshua Dobbs involved and being able to utilize his mobility. But I, Joshua Dobbs is an interesting case. I just have to see what he does through preseason because right now I don't think he's better than Mason Rudolph. I like his mobility, but when it comes to being able to throw the football, he has to show me that he can prove to be a more consistent passer throughout preseason. Joshua Dobbs, my favorite quarterback on the roster without a doubt. I love everything that he does. He's a great locker room guy. He's also great off the field as well. I love Joshua Dobbs. I need to see more consistency as a passer from from Joshua Dobbs throughout the offseason as we progress nearing the start of preseason. Now, the last guy we have to talk about is Dwayne Haskins. Now, Dwayne Haskins is probably the most interesting quarterback out of everybody in this quarterback room because he was a former first round pick by the Washington football team in the first round a couple of years ago. A lot of people think he has a lot of upside. A lot of people are saying that he is Ben Roethlisberger 2.0. He doesn't remind me of Ben Roethlisberger. I think there are too many people who throw the Ben Roethlisberger comparisons out there too much. Like every time there's a big quarterback that has a strong arm, he gets Ben Roethlisberger comparisons. I think Dwayne Haskins reminds me more of Dante Culpepper, which Dante Culpepper was a pretty solid quarterback. He had a pretty strong arm. He was pretty big, but wasn't the most athletically gifted quarterback when it came to being able to run the football, but he could make defenders miss from time to time. And he was really good with standing pressure in the pocket. I think Dwayne Haskins, I think that's his upside. I think his ceiling is Dante Culpepper, which Dante Culpepper was a really good quarterback during his time in the NFL. Dwayne Haskins, has the most work to do out of all the quarterbacks in this QB room. He has more work than Joshua Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. Now, he does have the higher upside, more more potential than Mason Rudolph, Josh Dobbs, because he was a first-round selection for a reason. He does have a really good arm. He does have good size. He does have a little bit of athleticism, but his footwork needs some you know, improvement. His overall ability as a passer needs improvement. He also needs to get better when it comes to reading coverages. It's just Mason Rudolph is ahead of Dwayne Haskins. Okay. He also has 
Prue has more success than Dwayne Haskins as well. Joshua Dobbs, you know, he still needs to improve. But I feel like Dwayne Haskins has more work than any other quarterback. He also has to prove that he has matured as well. Now, I'm rooting for Dwayne Haskins. I'm not a Dwayne Haskins hater. I wouldn't mind Dwayne Haskins being a future at the quarterback position for Pittsburgh because then the Steelers won't have to waste a first-round pick on one next year in the 2022 NFL Draft. So I wouldn't mind Dwayne Haskins being the future at QB for Pittsburgh. But it's just that there's a lot of work that needs to be done to Dwayne Haskins. Now, does have a really good arm. He does have really good size, but he's pretty raw in everything else. Footwork, pocket presence, and his ability as a passer as a whole. So I think he has the most work and the most to prove out of any quarterback in this QB room for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if I had to go ahead and predict who would be the three quarterbacks to make the Steelers roster this year I probably will go Big Ben Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins I could see Joshua Dodds being the odd man now so let me know who you guys feel is going to be the backup quarterback on the Steelers roster who are going to be the three QBs who you guys feel will make the Steelers 53-man roster this year now Moving on to the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens 2021 halfback preview. The Ravens have one of the best backfields in all of the NFL. They have a lot of talent and they have a lot of depth at this position. Last year, J.K. Dobbins really took over near the second half of the season after Thanksgiving, heading into that December stretch, which is one of the most important times of the year when it comes to the NFL. Now, J.K. Dobbins, I'm expecting him to be the number one back on this roster. 134 carries, 885 rushing yards, nine touchdowns while averaging six yards per attempt last year. This guy was a monster for Baltimore. But Also, when you look at J.K. Dobbins, I want to see, you know, what is he going to do in the passing game? I think he has better hands than what a lot of people give him credit for. And I think he definitely could do a little bit more in the pass game than what he did last year. Now, obviously, he's not known as a pass catching back anything like that. But I definitely feel like the Ravens could utilize him a lot more in the passing game. I like J.K. Dobbins. This guy has incredible balance. He is sensational after contact. Like, There are very few occasions last season that I saw somebody bring down J.K. Dobbins off the first initial tackle. Normally, this guy breaks at least one or two tackles before he finally goes down. Also, when you look at that great contact balance and with how explosive he is, a lot of Mark Ingram inside of J.K. Dobbins prime Mark Ingram. So you look at J.K. Dobbins, last year his production kind of got held back a little bit because they were in a little bit of a committee. You also had COVID that kind of ruined some things. But when J.K. Dobbins got going, man, like this guy was a monster. I'm hoping that he can end up emerging throughout training camp as the premier back in this Ravens offense. I plan on drafting him in my fantasy football leagues when the fantasy football league drafts end up kicking off around September. So I'm really high on J.K. Dobbins. I feel like if he ends up getting at least 200 carries this year, he probably could be around that 1,200 yard range, probably have at least 12, 13 touchdowns, and most likely will be a pro bowler if he can end up getting the kind of work that I'm hoping that he will receive this year. Now we got Gus Edwards. Now, 
Gus Edwards, there are a lot of people who are sleeping on Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards just isn't a, you know, tall salad that you just toss aside to complete the meal. Like, Gus Edwards has been really consistent for Baltimore his last couple of years on this team. As a matter of fact, he's been over 700 yards over the last couple of seasons for Baltimore, not even being the premier dominant back. So you look at what he did last year. He had a really good season. Six touchdowns, 723 rushing yards on 144 attempts. Gus Edwards probably is going to be the reason why J.K. Dobbins probably doesn't get that full work as the number one bat because I feel like you're going to have to give Gus Edwards the ball because this guy's just too good of a player not to. I feel like if you put Gus Edwards on the Atlanta Falcons and the 49ers, I think he could probably be their starting halfback. So that's how good Gus Edwards is. And that just goes to show you how much competition and how good of a running back room that the Ravens have. You look at Gus Edwards. This is a guy who also is really hard to bring down after contact. He doesn't go down the easily he's also a pretty physical runner in his own right I like Gus Edwards a lot I think he's really underrated I think he's really undervalued when it comes to this Ravens backfield especially when you look at what he had to face the last couple of years behind Mark Ingram and on top of that last season he was behind both Ingram and Dobbins and he was able to emerge when he got his name called like when Gus Edwards gets his name called he produces and yes the Ravens do have a good run blocking off the line but I really think that Gus Edwards is really underrated if you put Gus Edwards in a situation on another team that he has the ability to be their full number one back I think he could produce and I think he could produce at a really high level I think Gus Edwards is really underrated in terms of how people view him a lot of people don't really know how good this guy really is because he's sitting behind the shadow of J.K. Dobbins year prior he was sitting behind the shadows of both Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins but Gus Edwards, when he gets his number call, this guy produces. Now moving on to Justice Hill. Now Justice Hill, when he was drafted out of Oklahoma State a couple of years ago, there were a lot of Ravens fans who were saying, oh, JT, Just, Justice Hill is going to be the change of pace back on this Ravens roster. Because I said that when he was initially drafted a couple of years ago by the Ravens, I didn't really think it was a great pick because they already had a lot of talent on the roster. But a lot of you Ravens fans came on. You convinced me that the Ravens were going to have a role for Justice Hill, whether that be the third down back or being more involved in the passing game. And so far up to this point, he hasn't really done anything. I mean, last year, he barely got his number call. He barely was on the field all that much. And listen, Really, at this point, I feel like Justice Hill, if he hasn't gotten on the field prior, he probably won't even see the field all that much this season because there's a lot of competition. There is a lot of talent ahead of him. You got Gus Edwards and you got J.K. Dobbins. So really, I think this is a pretty critical preseason and a pretty critical training camp that Justice Hill has coming up for Baltimore because he hasn't really, you know, earned his keep per se for the Ravens because this just really hasn't been a lot of times where the Ravens have utilized him now I don't know if you have to blame Greg Roman for that because Greg Roman is more of a power run guy he likes to run the ball up the gut and Justice Hill is more of a speedster he's more of that elusive back that makes guys miss in the backfield he's not a guy who's going to run you over but I don't really know what it is with Justice Hill I don't know if he just really isn't doing enough 
um during practice or during training camp or whatnot or i don't know if it's just that greg roman doesn't know how to get justice hill on the field but for some reason man justice hill hasn't really been what a lot of ravens fans were trying to hype him up to be because remember when Justice Hill was first drafted there were a lot of you guys who came on here and told me that it was a good pick because he was going to be that change of pace back for baltimore and for his first couple of years with the ravens haven't really seen that materialize. Now, this guy, you know, he is really fast. He does have the ability to be a good returner if it came down to it. But aside from that, man, like, I'm really going to find it hard to see what kind of role Justice Hill is going to have in this offense with this being a team that is pretty much power run oriented. So for Justice Hill, I think this is a really critical offseason and a really critical stretch that he has coming up throughout training camp and throughout preseason because we really need to see some more Justice Hill man like we really do because like I said he does have some talent he could be a pretty good pass catching back if given the opportunity but I don't really know what the reasoning is for him not really getting a lot of opportunities if he is he not performing in practice or do the Ravens just not know how to utilize his skill set don't really know now you got undrafted free agent Taysom Williams. Now he was an undrafted free agent back in 2020 when he came out of BYU. He started his college career at South Carolina, then transferred to BYU. He was on the practice squad last year for Baltimore. He was pretty much their COVID emergency back in case they had some more running backs who came down with COVID and they had the promoter guy to the roster just in case. So you look at Taysom Williams. He is pretty physical. He's a pretty physical back, has pretty good size to him. I think he could end up challenging that Ravens running back room for that third spot on this roster because you got Justice Hill who hasn't really performed all that much and Justice Hill doesn't really look like he fits with what the Ravens do offensively given you know what he's done for the Ravens up to this point so I definitely think Taysom Williams could be in the mix they end up taking over taking Justice Hill's roster spot away from him now like I said he was on the practice squad for Baltimore last year obviously Baltimore saw something something in him that remain that kept him on this Ravens roster heading into OTAs training camp and whatnot so Taysom Williams he's a physical back he does fit the build of what Baltimore wants out of their running back traditionally a guy who's really good running in between the tackles really powerful as well that's Taysom Williams then you also have rookie halfback who I really like a lot you got Nate McCarry now Nate McCarry played division two football for Saginaw Valley State now, he didn't play last year because COVID basically canceled the season. But previously, 2019, he ran for 1,060 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns. He was first team all-conference. He was one of the better backs in D2 that year. He's 6'1", 225 pounds. So this guy has incredible size. Now, when I watch him, and I was watching a little bit of his tape from 2019, he doesn't really have that you know, explosive pop, that that acceleration that you see out of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. But he does have very good vision. He is very patient when he allows his blocks to develop. He also is really good as a pass catcher. As a matter of fact, you probably could make the argument and say that he is the best pass catching back that the Ravens currently have in their running back room on the roster currently. So for Nate McGarry or McCarry, he has a really good shot also of challenging for that third 
halfback spot on the final roster this season. So you look at Taysom Williams, Justice Hill, and Nick McCary. I think all three of those guys are going to be competing for the final running back spot on this Ravens roster this year. I like Nate McCary to actually nab that third running back spot, if you ask me. Like, I think he's definitely a name who you guys need to watch throughout training camp and throughout preseason because this guy does have some talent to him he's not the most explosive back he doesn't have that zero to 100 acceleration that you see out of jk dobbs and gus edwards but he is really good when it comes to his ball carrier vision he does have really good hands so look out for nate mccary if you are a ravens fan and you're trying to find guys to watch throughout the rest of the offseason because i definitely think he's a guy who could pop off and he could end up getting a spot on the final roster now moving on I want to preview the Cincinnati Bengals 2021 wide receivers. So when you look at the wide receivers for Cincinnati, this is one of the best wide receiving groups in all of the NFL. Definitely top five. Now, you look at Jamar Chase, there were a lot of people, including myself, who were really skeptical of deciding to pass on Penny Sewell off the tackle who is now with the Detroit Lions out of Oregon but they ended up taking Jamar Chase now Jamar Chase in a lot of people's eyes was the best wide receiver coming out of this past year's draft he has great size he has great hands he pretty much is a reincarnation of like an AJ Green of Julio Jones a lot of people expect him to have a phenomenal rookie season now you look at Jamar Chase I think he should be in for one of the best rookie seasons behind Devontae Smith. I believe Devontae Smith is going to pop off because unlike Jamar Chase, Philadelphia doesn't really have a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. Meanwhile, Jamar Chase is going to be sharing targets with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, who are also really good in their own rights. But you look at Jamar Chase and you look at the connection and chemistry that him and Joe Burrow had at LSU back in 2019 when they won the national championship, you're looking for that spark to kind of be reunited this year with Joe Burrow coming back fully healthy. So I expect a big rookie season out of Jamar Chase. He definitely should be in the running for off the rookie of the year. He probably should be like at a thousand yards or more probably should have at least six to seven touchdowns and he should have a really solid rookie year for Cincinnati as a matter of fact he should have an incredible rookie season for Cincinnati because when you draft the wide receiver in the top 10 top five you're expecting them to have an immediate impact they should be a pro bowl caliber player right away so that's what I'm expecting out of Jamar Chase I expect they're a big impact and I expect him to be somewhat of a pro bowl caliber performer this year I know a lot of you Bengals fans may be like well JT's just a rookie you can't expect him to make it to the pro bowl you can't expect him to be this good he has to develop uh you saw Justin Jefferson last year like anytime there's a wide receiver that's taken in the top 10 they should be giving you a Pro Bowl caliber production season right away as a rookie. I know that came out wrong, but you should have a guy who should automatically ascend to one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. When you're taking a wide receiver that high, he should have that kind of impact. That The fact that you should be able to make an argument that he deserves to be in the Pro Bowl or he should be somewhere in that discussion. So when you look at Jamar Chase, I have high expectations for Jamar Chase. He was the first wide receiver taken off the board. So I think, will he live up to those expectations? I do. I definitely think that he should be in for a pretty big rookie season. Then you out of Tyler Boyd. Now, I mentioned this earlier, and I'm going to say it again until Bengals fans get it nailed down in the coffin. Tyler Boyd is the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL. 
For a long time, the most underrated wide receiver in the NFL has been T.Y. Hilton, but he kind of has had a couple of down years back in 2019 and 2020. So I think Tyler Boyd has taken over the role of that title of being the most overlooked wide receiver in the league last year he continued to have another good season with 79 receptions 841 receiving yards and four touchdowns he was once again the best wide receiver on this team and I felt like he should have made it to the Pro Bowl once again overlooked and isn't even doesn't even get a sniff of the Pro Bowl like doesn't even even get a whiff man like I don't know what's going on with Bengals fans when it comes to Tyler Boyd man like show this guy some more respect Put Tyler Boyd in the Pro Bowl. Tyler Boyd should be a Pro Bowler. He's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league, and he does not get the respect he deserves. You know what? I'm going to cop a Tyler Boyd jersey. Yes, I am. Yes, I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but I'm going to cop a Tyler Boyd jersey. You may be like, JT, you're a Steelers fan. Why are you wearing a Bengals jersey? Listen, you guys got to understand something. I am a fan of the NFL first. Then I'm a Steelers fan. So if I want to wear a opposing rivals jersey, I have every right to do so. I know I'm a Steelers fan, but people act like I can't be a fan of the NFL. I'm JT Sports. I talk about all 32 NFL teams. I'm a fan of the NFL first, then I'm a Steelers fan. So when you look at Tyler Boyd, he once again should have a pretty good year. And with the addition of Jamar Chase, that's probably going to open up Tyler Boyd as well. On top of that, you have to look out for the next guy in T. Higgins, who probably had... Uh, I think he probably had the second or third best rookie season for a wide receiver last year. I think he probably had the second best, if I'm not mistaken. So you had um Justin Jefferson. You had, yeah, T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins had the second best rookie year last year out of all the rookie wide receivers. Now, he was drafted in the second round. So guys like Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, you had Jalen Rager, who went ahead of him and C.D. Lamb, but I think T. Higgins, probably if you go back and you do a redraft of last year's NFL draft, he probably will end up being the second wide receiver taken off the board. He had 67 catches for 908 receiving yards and six touchdowns. He had a really nice year, especially when Joe Burrow went down. I feel like he kind of emerged there when you look at, you know, the strokes they had at the quarterback position once Joe Burrow had that injury. So he was still pretty rock solid. So I think he could also be a guy who ends up being in the discussion to have a really big season this year, he probably could go over a thousand yards. As a matter of fact, you probably could make the argument and say that the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver position with the first three guys they have in Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins probably could all go for over a thousand yards. But we know that's probably not going to be the case. It's probably most likely going to be only two of these guys who goes over a thousand yards. But I definitely could see T. Higgins having a breakout year this year for Cincinnati, despite how much talent he has at wide receiver that he's going to be playing alongside of. But I think T. Higgins probably could be in for a really big year. I know you have Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd, who you're going to be competing for targets with, but you look at T. Higgins, Higgins, this guy is really good when it comes to his ability to make things happen. I think he's also pretty good in the red zone as well. So you look at T. Higgins, I think this is a guy who has potential to break out this year for Cincinnati. Cincinnati has three wide receivers on this team that could go for over a thousand yards, and all three could possibly be in discussion to be pro bowlers. As we know, that's not going to happen, but that just goes to show you how much talent Cincinnati has at wide receiver this year. You have three wide receivers who have Pro Bowl caliber talent. Now we move on to some of the guys who a lot of people probably don't know about. Alden Tate. 
Alden Tate is really underrated when he's able to get a chance to get on the field. But obviously, when you had T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and all the other guys they had, on top of that, you had A.J. Green, who came back last year. He's now gone. Alden Tate didn't really get a lot of opportunities last year. He only caught 14 passes for 150 yards. But the season prior, when he was actually able to get some playing time, he did a lot of good things. So Alden Tate provides some good depth for Cincinnati. If, God forbid, one of these guys above him, like Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, or T. Higgins goes down, if you're a Bengals fan, you can assert Alden Tate in there, and you can still have a lot of confidence in your wide receiving position being able to produce because you have a lot of depth there. I like Alden Tate a lot. I'm a big Alden Tate fan He's really big, physical, great red zone target, but he doesn't really bring a lot after the catch. He's not that explosive once he gets the ball in his hands. He's a really big physical wide receiver that could bully opposing cornerbacks, but you don't really get a lot of that big flashiness after the catch out of Alden Tate, but you definitely do get a really big physical deep threat and a really good red zone target once you get inside of the 20. So I think Alden Tate is going to be really overlooked and he's going to be overshadowed because he's probably not going to get his number called all that much this year playing behind T. Higgins, Boyd, and Chase. But he's definitely a guy who does deserve some recognition because he does have some really good talent. And he could be a starting wide receiver on a handful of teams right now. Then you look at Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas had a touchdown reception last year, had 132 receiving yards with 13 receptions. Now you look at Mike Thomas, he's probably another guy who probably won't get a lot of action this year but he does provide some really good depth he's a guy who if you need to can come in and give you some production there if you end up having some injuries then you got Trenton Erwin who was a practice squad guy uh will he make the roster this year that's up in the air I don't think he will I'm rooting for him like I said I'm not trying to knock anybody but if I had to do some predictions I think Trent Irwin probably could be the first guy on the chopping block then you got Scotty Washington once again another practice squad guy you bring in Trent Taylor now Trent Taylor spent some time with the 49ers he was more he's more of a special teams guy in my opinion I think he could bring some production when it comes to special teams there I'm not really expecting him to have all that much of an impact when it comes to the receiver position I think he may be more of a guy who was brought in to contribute on special teams then you got rookie Riley Less then you have a guy who I'm really excited to see Stanley Morgan now Stanley Morgan came out of Nebraska a couple of years back I wish that we could see some more Stanley Morgan and we will with the NFL having preseason this year. Stanley Morgan is really good in my opinion. Okay, I just think that he's one of the guys who just needs a chance to get his number called and a chance to go on the field and prove what he can do. Because Stanley Morgan, okay, he may not be the fastest guy, but he has really good hands. He runs really good routes. He was on the practice squad for Cincinnati slash being a COVID player, like more of like a COVID reserve in case you had some wide receivers go down with COVID or whatnot. But I definitely think Stanley Morgan has potential to contribute if he gets his number called. And we're going to see that throughout training camp and preseason because with preseason coming around, we're going to see more guys like Alden Tate, Michael Thomas, and Stanley Morgan get their numbers called when they're running with the twos and the threes. So watch out for Stanley Morgan if you are a Bengals fan because Stanley Morgan definitely is a guy who has a lot of upside who really has a talent 
talent. It's just the fact that Cincinnati is just so loaded at wide receiver. He's just buried down the depth chart. But Stanley Morgan is definitely a guy who is going to make a lot of noise throughout training camp and preseason. And don't be surprised if you end up seeing Stanley Morgan making a lot of plays throughout preseason. Because Stanley Morgan, like I said, this guy has tons of upside and tons of potential. Just hasn't really had the opportunity to get his number called all that much. So... That's it for the Cincinnati Bengals 2021 wide receiver preview. Let me know how you guys feel about the Bengals wide receiver position heading into training camp and preseason. Now, last topic I want to talk about. Why the Los Angeles Rams are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Now, everybody has the phrase that's going viral right now. AMC to the moon because the AMC stock is supposed to go up incredibly over the next couple of weeks. Now, you know an NFL's team who stock a lot of you guys should be investing in? A lot of you guys are putting a lot of money into AMC, but you need to be putting a lot of money into the LA Rams this year because the LA Rams are probably the second best team in the NFC right now behind Temple Bay. I think they have the best chance to beat Temple Bay out of any other team in the NFC. So if you were to ask me, JT, who do you think is going to be your early 2021 NFL Conference Championship game prediction. I think it probably would be between Tampa Bay and the LA Rams because you look at the addition of Matthew Stafford and I've made like two videos, three videos actually this whole entire offseason talking about Matthew Stafford's impact. Listen, Matthew Stafford is going to put up MVP numbers for the Rams. You give him a run game with Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson, which is one of the best one-two punches heading into this year. You got Sean McVay, who not only is one of the best play callers in the NFL, but he's also one of the best head coaches in the NFL. And I say this because, listen, Matthew Stafford is a top 10 quarterback talent-wise. A lot of people don't know that because a lot of people just look at Matthew Stafford and how he was held back by the supporting cast and the lackluster front office that he had to work with in Detroit. So he goes to LA Rams. He has everything that he never had with the Detroit Lions. I look at Matthew Stafford as a guy who not only is going to make a lot of people go, wow. What was Detroit doing with Matthew Stafford? But he's also going to be a guy who's going to make this a team that's definitely capable of being able to compete with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I believe that the LA Rams last year should have been in the conference championship game. I believe that they should have been playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in last year's 2020 NFC championship game. Not the Packers. I believe they were a better team than the Green Bay Packers. But Jared Goff held them back. And I don't like single... single I don't like the sing, single out players. You get what I'm saying? I try to, you know, be pretty fair. But I definitely believe that Jared Goff was the biggest reason why the Rams did not make it to the NFC Championship. And I know football is a team sport. I know a lot of you Rams fans, a lot a lot of Lions fans are probably going to watch this video because they know I'm going to be talking about Matthew Stafford. going to be like, JT is a team game. You can't put it all on Jared Goff. I understand that. But Jared Goff does deserve at least 60% of the blame last year. And I don't want to hear anything about no injuries or whatnot because when he was healthy, he was inconsistent. 
Ever since the Rams lost to the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl a couple of years back, Jared Goff has done nothing but decline. He declined in 2019, and he declined last year because he was inconsistent. He was a large reason why they lost to the New York Jets when the New York Jets had no wins because of his inconsistent play. He turned the football over a good amount of times. He will overthrow some wide receivers. He was just really inconsistent. And his inconsistency is ultimately what led to the LA Rams getting rid of him because they realized, like I did, that he was holding this team back so you upgrade and you bring in Matthew Stafford Matthew Stafford is going to be a top 10 quarterback by the end of the 2021 NFL season he's probably going to be in the running for NFL MVP heck he just might win it because he's my dark horse pick to win it and on top of that he's going to be a pro bowler if the Rams don't make it to the Super Bowl, which I believe they have a good chance to, and a lot of people around the NFL world are going to be like dang man how did we not know how good Matthew Stafford was Matthew Stafford is going to have his full talents on display in LA. I feel like Matthew Stafford has untapped potential. And that may sound, that may that may sound crazy because Matthew Stafford has been in the NFL for a pretty long time, but he now has a coach who is an off-minded guru who is going to bring able who's going to be able to bring the most out of Matthew Stafford. Like Matthew Stafford is going to play out of this world this year for the Rams. I really believe that we have not fully seen Matthew Stafford's full potential because he was held back in Detroit. Now this year, with everything the Rams have, he's going to be Matthew Stafford like He's going to be a different version of Matthew Stafford. Everybody's going to remember the Matthew Stafford from Detroit. But after this year, you're going to remember a different Matthew Stafford. This year, after this season is all said and done, it's going to make you look back on Matthew Stafford. You're going to be like, dang, man, Detroit really couldn't win with this? Really? So you look at the wide receivers, you got Cooper Cup, you got Van Jefferson, you got Robert Woods, you got Tutu Otwell. This is one of the best wide receiver positions in all of the NFL. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, we know how good those guys are. Cooper Cup is arguably one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. Some people may say top 10. You got Robert Woods there. You got Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson is a guy who I think could be in for a really big season. I think he could be a breakout player this year because he had a pretty solid rookie year. Now, you also got Deshaun Jackson, who is a older guy. He's more of a veteran in his wide receiver room. He's probably going to be like a mentor to some of the younger guys like Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell. But despite being up there in age, he's still one of the best deep threats in the NFL, which may sound crazy. But when he was on the field with Philadelphia, he produced. Now, obviously... Injuries are going to be the biggest question mark when it comes to Deshaun Jackson. But I think he should be able to stay healthy this season because it's not like the Rams are asking him to be their number one or their number two. And not even their number three wide receiver. He's probably going to be their fourth best wide receiver heading into their 2021 NFL season. So with him being their fourth best wide receiver, he is going to be on the field all that much. So with him not being on the field all that much and with his snaps being limited, he's going to have less opportunities to end up getting injured. And when it comes to playoff time, I think Deshaun Jackson could be a viable piece later on in the season for the LA Rams as they try to make their Super Bowl run. Then you also have a top 12 offensive line. You have Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, who had a breakout season last year. So the pass rush is still there. I know you lost Brandon Staley, who is now the current head coach of the LA Chargers, but you still have a really talented defense. You still have Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, which makes up one of the best 
one two duos at the cornerback position i know everybody's gonna be like well who's gonna replace john johnson listen i believe that the rams have a lot of depth and tons of talent on this defense like the rams draft really well like for a team that doesn't have a lot of first round selections this team does do a pretty good job when it comes to drafting talent so you look at la rams man i feel like the la rams are legitimate super bowl contenders this year i think they probably are going to be my favorites in the competing with Tampa Bay and the NFC Championship this year. So I'm putting all my stock into the LA Rams. If I had a thousand dollars, you like JT, you're so confident in the Rams, put some money down on it. All right, give me a thousand dollars. I bet you I will. I strongly believe that the LA Rams have the best team in the NFC that is best equipped to slow down the juggernaut that is Tembe Buccaneers. And remember, Tembe Buccaneers now have LJ Howard coming back. And if they keep him on their roster and he stays healthy, oh my goodness. Like, listen, the Buccaneers now have everybody from last year's Super Bowl winning team, something that hasn't been done in a very long time all back. So we know that they're probably going to be the best team in the NFC. But there's not a lot of teams that can really match up with Tampa Bay talent-wise. I think the Rams probably give the Buccaneers the biggest challenge because not only do they match up well offensively because they have a good off the line, they're balanced, they can run the football. On top of that, you got a quarterback who can go toe-to-toe with Tom Brady with the weapons that he has and Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson. On top of that, you look at the defense, last year, when teams were able to get in Brady's face and they were able to get after Tom Brady, he struggled. He struggled when he had pressure in his face. He was good when he had all day to throw. So you look at Tom Brady and you look at this Rams defense and this pass rush, they can get after it. You got Aaron Donald. You got Leonard Floyd. So you have guys who can get after Tom Brady. You have guys who can get in Brady's face. And we already know if you can get in Brady's face and you can get Tom Brady jumpy, then you have the recipe for being able to win the game and being able to beat Tampa Bay. So you look at Tampa Bay, I know everybody has Tampa Bay once again as their Super Bowl favorite because of how much talent they have, but I definitely believe that the Rams are just as talented as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, and you can say I'm overrating the Rams or whatnot, and a lot of you guys can do that, that, um, that dumb behind narrative, the Rams are unproven, which doesn't make no sense to me, like, you guys say this every year about a Dark Horse Super Bowl team or whatnot, but you look at the Rams, man, I definitely believe that this team has the best chance out of any other team in the NFC to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you look at Green Bay, even if Aaron Rodgers comes back, I doubt Green Bay can still get the job done. You got San Francisco who could make a comeback, but I'm putting all my stock and all my money and all my confidence into the LA Rams, and I definitely do believe that they have a very good chance to beat Tampa Bay. If they were playing Tampa Bay right now, they probably would be like a three-point underdog against Tampa Bay. At least that's what I think, because listen, I understand Tampa Bay is the most talented team in the NFL, but the Rams are not that far away from being as talented as what the Buccaneers are. So I definitely believe that the LA Rams are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And I said this last year. I said that the LA Rams were my pick to win it all during the middle of the season. And ultimately, that didn't happen because Jared Goff's inconsistent performances. But now that Matthew Stafford, he's going to elevate this Rams team to new heights. And the Rams, I expect them to be in the NFC Conference Championship game come January playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Screen record this. 
Screenshot it, do whatever you got to do, save this video, and we're going to come back to it. And when the Rams are going to be facing off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Conference Championship game, I can tell all you guys, I told you so. This is one of the best teams in the NFL. They're complete in my opinion. I know they have some questions at linebacker and whatnot, but I still think that this is one of the better teams in all of the NFL, one of the five best teams in the NFL. And on top of that, I feel like they have the best chance out of any other team in the NFC to actually challenge Tampa Bay with how this team is built. So let me know how you guys feel about the LA Rams. Do you guys feel like the LA Rams are legitimate Super Bowl contenders? Do you guys think I'm overrating the LA Rams? Let me know. So this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Make sure that you guys go ahead, leave a five-star review if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, make sure that you guys go ahead and share the JT Sports Podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, and acquaintances. Also, make sure that you guys subscribe to my youtube channel which is jt sports follow me on my social media pages my instagram and twitter is both jt sports underscore once again my instagram and twitter is both jt sports underscore thanks for listening and i'll see you guys later with another episode